Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today and tomorrow, we're hosting our Destination High Performance Higher Education Virtual Conference. This is one of my favorite times of the year. We're virtual this year, but next May, we'll be live and in person at Pensacola Beach, Florida. I'm focusing the podcast episode today on my kickoff message on leading and managing change. Higher education faces a decade of tremendous change that'll bring opportunities and challenges. And this past year accelerated those challenges for all of us. Leaders in higher education institutions are making bold and meaningful decisions which will critically position the future of higher education. Their goal is to serve students with a high-quality, forward-thinking, and affordable education that prepares students for a dynamic and ever-changing workforce. The Higher Education Conference showcases leaders and organizations focused on those opportunities and challenges ahead. This week, I opened our Destination High Performance Higher Education Conference to set the stage for the two days. Most all higher education leaders are facing the demands and pressures of the external environment, calling for higher education institutions to change the way they do business. Those demands tend to place a wedge between leadership and employees that affects the underlying culture of the organization. The health of the organizational culture depends on how people in the organization choose to manage change. The demand is to change. That's not optional, although some employees may see it that way. One of our major responsibilities as higher education leaders is to lead and manage change. In most all conference presentations, you'll see this theme surface. Where do we start as we lead and manage organizational change. Most people in an organization want to know how what they do makes a difference. Helping people build their confidence and reduce their anxieties are two key factors in achieving organizational success. We want people to live principle six of our nine principles for organizational excellence. Be accountable. We do so by committing to our individual contribution to achieving goals. Individual accountability means that people can rely on us. When we as employees are accountable for our defined results, we feel we're a significant part of the organization. As leaders, our job is to provide opportunities for individuals to own their accountability. Our team members know and feel what's at stake because they know how what they do contributes to the success of the organization. Within any given organization, research shows that about 80% of employees are solid to high-performing employees who have a desire to help the organization achieve excellence. 20% are pushing back and possibly creating toxicity in our organizations. The pace of change in higher education is causing the 20% to push even harder against leadership and change, and I know you feel it. I believe one of our biggest opportunities is to empower the 80% to take more ownership of their work to achieve positive results. As we prioritize doing so, the 20% are working just as hard to get some of the 80% to come to their side. Even so, 
as leaders, we have some things on our side to keep the 80% with us. The 80% know who the 20% are. They know that the 20% lower the overall morale of the organization. They know that the 20% increase the work burden on high performers. And they know that the 20% contribute to lack of initiative and excitement that places mediocrity as acceptable. To where could leaders fall short when dealing with the 20%? They spend more time trying to get the 20% to improve and less time building work environments that empower the 80% so that that 80% can see their value and how they contribute to organizational success. What does this have to do with leading and managing organizational change? It requires leaders to focus on what it takes to support the 80% to work in an environment where leaders lead and manage with what Peter Singe calls creative tension. Creative tension is the pressure point between the way things could be and the way things are. So think of pulling a rubber band. The tighter we pull, the more pressure or tension we create. If we don't pull tight enough, we don't have enough tension in the organization and we'll see little to no improvement. If we pull too tight, we have too much tension causing stress and possible burnout. In his historical best-selling book, The Fifth Discipline, Peter Singe tells us that high-performing organizations maintain a felt sense of creative tension. It's a source of energy for us. We learn and grow when we're challenged. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, people wish to be settled only as far as they're unsettled. Is there any hope for them? And creating the right amount of tension and knowing how to manage creative tension is extremely important as a leadership skill. I've come to believe that it is a skill we must have to be successful. Too little creative tension causes the organization to feel flat, compliant, thargic. Too much creative tension tends to cause a sense of anxiousness that leads teams to giving up or not seeing a way to achieving a goal. Leaders can be highly skilled in various areas, yet if they fail to master the ability to lead and manage with creative tension, a constrained and possibly entrenched organizational culture will overpower that leader. That makes a president's job extremely challenging yet meaningful. As many of us know, the turnover in presidential leadership is expected to rise over the next five years. Various external factors can be the cause of this that may be out of a president's control. For presidents to navigate the new landscape, I believe they must be bold by leading and managing creative tension. Let's dig a little deeper on leading and managing creative tension. Pressure can be positive, the right amount of pressure. On the other hand, continued and overburdening stress is not positive. When the level of pressure is right for the work we are doing, we're excited and engaged in our work. If we feel like things are out of control in our work environment, we may raise the white flag and surrender. It's beyond what we see as practical and reasonable. We don't see how what we're doing contributes to something of value. Have you ever been in meetings and you leave feeling like one more thing was added to your plate? You didn't know why? Understand the value or see how it connects to the larger picture? You wonder if the person (laughs) leading the meeting remembered the other things that they added to the plate at the last meeting and the last meeting and the last meeting. Yeah, I recall my days in higher education meetings as a leader feeling this way. To cope, I shifted from being a team player to someone who was managing to stay motivated. I turned my attention to building relevance for myself and the work we were doing in the college to manage to stay engaged and excited. Now I'm afraid it steered me to lead with silo thinking. 
lead with what I thought I could control and manage the other stuff in the best way I could. Situations like the one I just noted occur in almost every organization. As I've gotten older, I find I'm less tolerant of demands that add stress, but I'm eager for having goals that add the right amount of pressure that motivates me. I bet that sounds familiar to you. Last November, I bought a Class A motorhome. I knew if I didn't balance the way we managed our trips, I'd create stress in our lives from the purchase of the RV. I was anxious yet excited to learn how to use our camper. And so the goal was to act in ways that reduce stress and added excitement. Rather than go on long trips, we decided to go to Pensacola Beach RV Resort in our hometown. It's a beautiful place on Pensacola Beach. I would get to know the people who manage the resort so that I had someone to count on as I learned. Every two to three months, we go to the Pensacola RV Resort so that I can learn new things and hardwire the actions it takes to have a successful camping experience. I'm learning and it's creating lifelong memories that add value to my life. And I have new friends even who work at the Pensacola Beach RV Resort. And now I'm ready to take on new adventures, ready to build the right pressure to gain new experience that will also add value to my life. When we lead with and manage the right amount of creative tension, knowing when to pull and loosen the rubber band, we tap into individual creativity and ideas to help our organizations achieve better outcomes. We feel the sense of excitement and pressure that push people to engage with higher levels of energy. As we continue what it means to lead and manage creative tension, we can picture the pull and release of a rubber band. A second picture I present to help us lead and manage creative tension stems from Jonathan Haidt's research. It's a picture of a big elephant with a small rider traveling a path and mapping out new paths as they travel down the road, discovering something new and making decisions about how to mold the path to achieve meaningful outcomes. Haidt's analogy has it that the rider is rational and can therefore see a path ahead, while underneath him, the elephant provides the power for the journey. The elephant represents the emotional part of the organization. The rider might know where to go, but has to motivate the elephant by tapping into the emotion. To travel the path and mold it as we go, the rider and elephant need to travel together. The rider holds the reins, but can be completely overmatched if they disagree about the direction. That elephant is a lot bigger than the rider. Leading and managing creative tension is critical to shaping the path for the rider and the elephant to travel together. So what do we need to consider to lead and manage creative tension? First, we have to know what the current reality is. This reminds me of what Jim Collins calls facing the brutal facts. What does it look like to face the brutal facts? As leaders, we have an unwavering resolve that we will succeed. As leaders, we understand that we need to get the right people on the bus and in the right seats. As leaders, we focus on creating work environments that give people opportunities to be engaged. Leaders aren't responsible for motivating people. People are responsible for their own motivation as leaders create opportunities with good working environments. As leaders, we communicate the brutal facts with authenticity. We don't create false hope that may demotivate people and jeopardize trust. As leaders, we have vision, and equally important, we create a climate where evidence is presented and the brutal facts confronted with continued dialogue is evident where people's thoughts are heard. 
Facing the brutal facts helps us know the current reality. And to lead and manage change, we also have to know what we're trying to accomplish. Here we create the big aims of our organization, design our strategic direction, and develop our aligned goals. Leaders with strong vision set the stage for designing and implementing a strategic approach by gaining input from others. To lead and manage change, leaders need to see a path to accomplish goals. They understand the path that's constantly evolving and changing. It's here where we strategically execute our plan, outlining our direction and apply a continuous improvement approach to know where the bright spots are, where the gaps are. And finally, as we're traveling and shaping our organizational path, people need to understand that something important to them is at stake if we don't close the performance gaps that hinder success. People need to know that how what they do matters and contributes to the success of the organization. In summary, to manage and leave create attention, we need to know the current realities of our organizations. We need to know what we're trying to accomplish. We need to see a path to get there. And people need to know and understand how what they do matters and contributes to shaping the path. This calls for leaders to take the path less traveled that will make a difference in changing the landscape of higher education to provide our best for our students. At the conference, we see leaders managing the pull and release of the rubber band as the rider and the elephant shape the path. The conference allows us to network with and learn from each other. I appreciate our conference attendees taking time out of their busy schedules to spend time with us and colleagues. It's easy to get caught up in everyday demands of our jobs. To be a better leader, we learn by spending time with others who are doing the difficult work to make a difference in our world. Developing ourselves is not a nice to have. It's a must have. Jack Cornfield teaches that when we get too caught up in the world, we lose connection with one another and ourselves. Learning to lead and manage creative tension to achieve organizational excellence is key to being a high-performing leader. Every day, we are leading and managing creative tension in a way that positions our teams to be the best they can be. As leaders, when we've done that well, we've helped people have purpose, do worthwhile work, and make a difference. So as you continue to learn from your colleagues, where are your skills with stretching and releasing the rubber band? Where are you with shaping the path that depends on the elephant and the rider? Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast. Find us on Instagram. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. Look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.